Welcome to the Anchored Podcast with Pastor Reginald Wayne Sharp Jr. I am so excited that you've tuned in, and it is my prayer that these messages will always help you to remain anchored, regardless of what storm or what season you're navigating. I pray that God would speak to your heart today and that you will never, ever, ever be the same again. Stay connected to Fellowship Chicago. This is Pastor Reginald Wayne Sharp Jr. I pray you stay anchored. Peace, peace. In the mighty and matchless name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 There's a word from the Lord. Y'all, this scripture chosen. Y'all, this is a, a meaty scripture. There's a lot in it. So I ain't going to preach the whole thing now. Look at your neighbor and say, she can't do it all. Okay, but I'm going to give you what the Lord gave me for this sermon. Amen. Amen. We will go together to 1 Samuel 1, 9 through 15, verse 18. If you would stand for whatever the order of this house is. After they had eaten and drunk at Shiloh, Hannah rose and presented herself before the Lord. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on the seat beside the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. She was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. She made this vow, O Lord of hosts, if only you will look on my misery. Somebody say, Lord, look on my misery. Look on my misery. If only you would look on the misery of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give to your servant a male child then I will set him before you as a Nazarite until the day of his death. He shall drink neither wine nor intoxicants and no razor shall touch his head. As she continued praying before the Lord, somebody said continued praying. Yeah, she continued praying before the Lord. Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying silently. Only her lips moved. Somebody said there's more than one way to pray. There's more than one way. There's more than one way. So she continued to pray silently. Lord, have mercy. I don't silently. There's been some times when I've had to go to him silently. And he heard me silently. Oh, God can even hear you silently. Sometimes you don't even have to let no sound come out of your mouth and he will hear you silently. God, silently, silently, Lord have mercy, y'all, that silently won't shake me, I don't know if you've been through some things where you had to go before the Lord, you didn't even have words, you couldn't even open up your mouth, but you just bowed silently, silently, Lord have mercy, she continued to pray before the Lord, Eli observed her mouth, Hannah was praying silently, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she was drunk. So Eli said to her, how long will you make a drunken spectacle of yourself? Put away your wine. But Hannah answered, no, my Lord, I am a woman of deep trouble. I have not drunk any wine nor strong drink. But I've been pouring out my soul before the Lord. Somebody say, pour it out today. We gonna pour it out today. I hope you came here to pour it out because I came to pour it out. We gonna pour it out today. And she said, let your servant find favor in your sight. 
Then the woman went her way and ate and drank with her husband, and her countenance was sad no longer. Amen. You may take your seats in the presence of the Lord, and today we're going to talk about it's a matter of life or death. It's a matter of life or death. It's a matter of life or death. People of God, there are many ways to describe prayer. Many ways. Conversation with God. Intimacy with God. Time spent with God. Many ways to describe prayer. And as I started to explore and and sit with the Lord, Lord, what do you want disclosed in this message today? There's many ways to describe prayer. But the one way that sat on my spirit and it rose up in me was that prayer is a solemn request for help. Somebody say solemn request. Solemn request for help. The word solemn is synonymous with serious, a serious request for help. Prayer is when we come to the Lord, believing in our minds, our hearts, our body, and our soul, totally committed to the moment with God. It is a serious occasion. Prayer, prayer. I'm talking about prayer. And as I thought about this serious occasion, meaning a demanding, careful consideration or application, meaning I can't just come to the Lord any old kind of way, but I got to come serious careful in my application. Amen. I learned the significance of prayer at a very young age. I learned from my grandmother, I would walk past her room sometimes and I would see her knelt down, head bowed. Sometimes I get a glimpse of her lips moving. It was mystical to me. It was mysterious. I didn't know what she was saying. I didn't know what she was doing, but I knew that she was praying. I learned about prayer at an early age. I learned about its power at an early age from my grandmother, her sisters, my Aunt Maddie. I I learned about the the harmonies of prayer through my aunties. As she would prepare to pray, she would get a hmm in her spirit. And I I felt the harmonies come together of prayer. I learned about prayer, y'all, at a very young age. And they would pray with such conviction. It didn't even have to be nothing wrong, y'all. And they would pray. They prayed all the time. I learned the true meaning of praying without ceasing from the elders of my day. They would pray all the time. And y'all, I'm here to tell you that there is something that happens when women pray. Anybody believe that? There is something that happens when women pray. We know ancient biblical texts. We know that the men had a relationship with God. It was clear. That was the purpose. Men were the priests. Men went before the temple. But all people of God, Jesus came to liberate the woman. And there's a woman in this room who has not accepted the liberation of God. I'm here to tell you today is the day that you shall be set free. Somebody say set free. Set free through the power of prayer. Power of prayer. So they would pray with conviction. They would pray with boldness. It didn't matter who was in the room. And sometimes they would bust out with a song first. Father. Anybody remember that? I, I stretch. Y'all, they would sing a song first. And they would get in the spirit of the Lord. Y'all, they prayed with such power, such conviction. I'll never forget it. 
That's where I got my foundation in prayer. But I'm here to tell you that something shifted over the decades. I remember when my grandmother would pray and the chains from the prisons would be, shackles would be set free and cousins would come home. Amen. Brothers would come home. I remember when my grandmother would pray and her babies would be set free. I remember those prayers. But something happened over the decades. There was a shift over the decades. And we went from praying out of need and with conviction and praying regardless of the time to only praying when we needed something. Lord Jesus, help today. Help today, Holy Spirit. We went from praying and, and yielding before the Father. At the, the last few decades, prayer has become obsolete in many homes. Some people don't even take the time to open up their mouths and say, good morning, Lord. Thank you for waking me up this morning. Prayer has become obsolete in some homes. Lord, have mercy. But I remember my grandmother and my aunties would pray as though it were a matter of life or death. They would pray as though their lives depended on it. They would pray as though if they did not pray, they wouldn't make it. They prayed as if it were life or death. Lord, have mercy. You know, we've gotten away from that kind of prayer. Now, I'm not saying everybody don't pray like that anymore. I believe there's still some prayer warriors in the building. Amen. But the world, y'all, I'm talking about the world. There has been a shift where prayer is not that important anymore. There's been a shift where prayer has gone from being the most important thing to the leastly desired thing. Lord have mercy. In the medical field, there is a term called preventative care. And it's given to you when your symptoms are free, when you feel like you have some symptoms. Uh, preventative care is given when you don't have symptoms to make sure that you keep your body healthy. Amen? That's preventative care. Preventative care is to prevent you from getting sick or your body receiving a, 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 a bad report. And then in the medical field, there's something called the diagnostic, diagnostic care. And diagnostic care is what you receive when you have symptoms or risk factors and your doctor wants to diagnose them, cure you, or give you medical treatment. And just like in the medical field, we too have preventative versus diagnostic in the church. Preventative prayer and diagnostic prayer. Preventative prayer, Lord, I come to you, ain't nothing wrong, but God, I just say thank you. God, I come to you, God, my children are fine, hallelujah, God, I say thank you. God, there's nothing wrong right now, it's a sunny day, but I plead the blood over tomorrow, God. Preventative prayer, hallelujah, God, everything's fine now, but I just want to be in your presence. Preventative care, hallelujah, God, I love you, I adore you, that is preventative prayer. Nothing got to be wrong for you to go before the master. Nothing got to be wrong for you to spend time with your Lord and Savior. Preventative prayer. But people of God, I'm here to tell you that the majority of us, Lord have mercy, the majority of us yield to diagnostic prayer. Lord, I have not seen you all year. Oh, but my child needs you. Lord, I haven't been in your presence in a while, but 
I know you still know my name. God, I need you. Lord God, I, I, I know I haven't been to church in a while, but, but Lord, I've never forgotten how to pray. Listen, people of God, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that prayer. But what I am saying is you need to get yourself in a position where you are speaking to the true and living God more than when you need something. We got to speak to the true and living God every single day of our lives. The word of God tells us to pray without ceasing. If you feel like it, pray. If you don't feel like it, pray. God, I came to work this morning. Everybody getting on my nerves. I'm just coming to let you know, God, I need you. God, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I love you. So, Lord, I'm just going to stay before you. Listen, people of God, the word says we need to pray without ceasing. Never ceasing. Don't mean you always got to make this subscribe time where at 8 a.m. I'm going to pray. At 12 noon, I'm going to pray. That is important, too. But the word of God says just pray. It don't matter what time of day it is. It don't even matter where you at. Open up your mouth and pray. Or silently look up to the hills and murmur. Whatever it takes, you ought to get yourself in the presence of the Lord and pray. Pray, people of God. We've, we've got to pray. So we see this shift where well, we go from preventative prayer to diagnostic prayer. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. As I wrestled with the preparation for today, I thought about the text, 2 Chronicles 7:14. We all know it so well. I thought about, Lord, do, do I make this the foundation of this sermon? Before the Lord even gave me the text, I said, Lord, do we start with this? Do we make this the foundation of the sermon? If my people were called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their evil, wicked ways, then will I hear, hear from heaven and heal their land. It's a powerful verse. Powerful, straightforward. It's clear. It's concise. Humble yourself and I'll heal your land. Pray and seek my face and I'll heal your land. Turn from your wicked ways and I'll heal your land. Very uh, straightforward. Very straightforward. This is the formula, the recipe, the blueprint, the prescription for a healed land. Not one without the other though, but together they are the answer to the problem. A sin is sick land. So I thought about that verse and I said, Lord, is that the foundation of this text? And I heard the Lord say, no daughter, no daughter, not for this sermon, but for this sermon. Before we expect people to follow the formula, we have to help them build the stamina for prayer. Somebody said, let's build our stamina. We got to build our stamina today. We're going to build our stamina in the prayer academy. We're going to build our stamina for prayer. So I thought about this building the stamina and I heard in my spirit, they need a testimony. They need to see prayer at work. I said, okay, Lord, okay, they need a testimony. They need to see prayer at work. How are we going to do it, Jesus? I, I, I talked to the Lord. Jesus, how are we going to do it? Holy Spirit, what, what do you want to hear? What do you want the people to hear? And so I heard, they need a testimony. Then I heard in my spirit, you need to call a woman to the stand. 
a woman to the stand to testify in front of a, 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 a peers, her jury of her peers, call a woman to the stand. I said, okay, Lord, we're going to call a woman to Well, what woman should we call to the stand today? And so today I put a woman on the stand to testify before her peers, all of us today, and her name is Hannah. Somebody say her name is Hannah. Hannah's the woman of the hour. Hannah is the woman we will glean from today. Hannah is the woman who's going to testify today. Hannah's the woman of the hour. And as I began to study Hannah, there's a couple things I learned about Hannah before I even got to my focal text. Similar to the world today, Hannah has a problem. She's barren. Similar, y'all didn't catch it. Similar to the world today, Hannah has a problem. She's barren. Hannah is barren. That's the first thing I learned in the text. And not only is she barren, she's married to a man who has a wife who can produce children and produces these children in Hannah's face. Lord have mercy. She's barren, unable to produce children. She's unable to produce the fruit of her womb. Lord have mercy. I thought about Hannah and I thought about us today. Similar to the world today, parts of the world is barren, bearing no fruit. And it's hard to exist in a world where you see one part thriving and the other part dying. Can I get a witness? It's hard to exist in a world where you see part, every part of it has everything they can desire and the other part have scraps and they're scraping to pull their bootstraps up, but they ain't even got no bootstraps. It's hard to exist in a world where you see two dichotomies before you at the same time. It's hard for Hannah to exist in this space, in this season, in this world, in her home where she's got two dichotomies wrestling to wrestle with. She's barren. She can't produce. She's unable to have children. She doesn't fit within the culture's defined understanding of a successful woman of that day. Do you understand that in the culture of that day, that if a woman could not produce a son, not just a child, but a son, that meant she had no legacy. That meant she had no future. That meant she had no one to take care of her. In the event something happened to her, her husband, that means she was nothing. She was worthless. That was the culture of that day. No possibility to produce a son. No possi possibility for a legacy or a future. Life is not as she had expected. Anybody ever been in that predicament before? Life was not as you expected. Life threw you some cards or dealt you some hands that you didn't expect. Life put some things on your plate that you didn't expect. Life set a table before you in the presence of your enemy, but you felt like you was being devoured by your enemy. Some things that you did not expect. Life put some things before you that you did not expect. We find Hannah in this position that life has put some things in front of her that she did not expect. Stripped her of her ability to live well within her context. Hannah was barren, y'all. The second thing I learned about Hannah before I even got to my focal text, I got to give y'all some context. Somebody say context. I got to give you context. The second thing I learned about Hannah before I even got to the focal verses is that Hannah was taunted by her adversary. Lord, have mercy. 
she was taunted by her adversary. I already told you that a, a woman should bear children. And in that, in that day, if a woman could not bear children, she was an outcast. And so Hannah was tortured even by her adversary. Some may say, who was her adversary? The other woman. The other woman. The other woman who was able to produce children. And I want to speak into the women in this room right now. For too long, we have been each other's adversary. For too long, we have looked at each other and picked each other apart. I'm going to look at your hair. I'm going to look at your clothes. I'm going to look at your shoes. I'm going to look at the way you walk. I'm going to look at the way you talk. I'm going to look at, let me look at your dress. Is it too tight? Is it too short? I'm going to look at you. I'm going to judge you. I'm not going to pray for you, but I'm going to look at you and tear you apart for too long women of God we have been each other's adversary but I'm believing that from Hannah's story we're gonna learn today somebody say we're gonna learn today we're gonna learn today that we need to break free there is no reason for me to condemn you to look down upon you I need to lift you up my sister because you're precious in his sight because you're made perfectly in his sight fearfully and wonderfully made God made you with purpose in your belly God gave you purpose and a promise God called you out for such a time as this so women of God long gone are the days where we tear each other down where we torment each other where we judge each other today in this prayer academy we gonna pray for each other Amen. Somebody say, pray with me. Don't play with me. That was my name. I was affectionately known as pray with her. Don't play with her. Pray with me. Don't play with me. Pray with me. Don't play with me. So she's, she's tormented by her adversary. And her adversary is the other woman. In 1 Samuel verse 3 through 7, I'm going to give you a little bit more context, then I'm going to go to my focal verses. 1 Samuel verse 3 through 7 shares that as they went up to the temple annually to make sacrifices, Hannah was provoked. Severely, y'all. Severely provoked because she had no children. And it went on for years. Years. They would go to the temple and for years, Hannah would be provoked. And she would be stripped apart, tormented, belittled, ostracized, made fun of. Anybody ever felt that? Don't feel good to be ostracized, do it. Don't feel good to be made fun of, do it. Don't feel good to be talked about, do it. Don't feel good to be mistreated, do it. Hannah was mistreated, talked about, tormented because of something that wasn't even in her control. Lord Jesus, help today. So they went to the temple and they went to sacrifice in the house of the Lord. The Bible says year after year this happened and the torment was so bad that all she could do was weep. She couldn't even eat y'all. Let, 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 let me make this clear. She couldn't even eat. It says it in the word that all she could do was weep. She couldn't even feed herself. She couldn't even get the sustenance that she needed. She was so cast down that all she could do was weep. Hannah, can y'all feel Hannah today? Can y'all feel Hannah? But we're going to liberate Hannah today, amen? Somebody say, we're going to free her. We're going to liberate the Hannahs in the room today, hallelujah. 
So we all can relate. Hannah comes to the house of the Lord and she's mistreated. Anybody ever been mistreated in the house of the Lord? Oh, God, help today. Anybody ever been mistreated in the house of the Lord? You've been serving, so I know you've been mistreated. Everybody, all of us, every single one of you in this room, you serve, you done been mistreated. Hallelujah. We done all been mistreated serving in the house of the Lord. And here it is. Hannah comes to the house of the Lord. She don't expect to be tormented there. She don't expect to be talked about there. She don't expect to be mistreated there. But that's what happens. The enemy comes in like a flood in the house of the Lord. The enemy comes in and derails her purpose in the house of the Lord. The enemy comes in and derails her promise in the house of the Lord. The enemy comes in and derails her posture in the house of the Lord. Jesus, the enemy, comes in and derails it. And Hannah found herself in this predicament, tormented by her adversary. Lord, help today. And by the time we get to our focal verse, something shifts in Hannah. Can I help you see it today? Can I help you see it? Something shifts in Hannah. Verse 9 says, after they had eaten and drunk at Shiloh, Hannah rose and presented herself before the Lord. Verse 10 says, it says, she was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. The first thing I recognized about Hannah when I called her to the stand was her ability to present the truth of her portrait of herself. She presents the portrait of herself in prayer. Somebody say, present the portrait of yourself in prayer. The portrait, present the portrait. I'm going to walk it out. I'm going to help y'all understand. Present the portrait of yourself in prayer. Hannah presents the portrait of herself in prayer. She takes off every filter. Every Snapchat filter, Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook filter, she takes it all off in the presence of the Lord. Hannah comes bare before the Lord. Hannah comes to the Lord. It says she was bitter and weeping. Sometimes we want to hide the fact that we bitter. I ain't bitter. I ain't bitter. I'm, 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 yeah, I've been, I've been done wrong, but I'm not bitter about it. But your actions are nasty. You can't treat people right. You're looking at people sideways. But you got the nerve to say you're not bitter about what happened to you. But you can't treat your neighbor right. Something in you is bitter. Something is sour. And Hannah came before the Lord. Bare. Exposed. She wasn't afraid. She said, it's all going to hang out today. Anybody in the room willing to go before the Lord there? Anybody in the room willing to let it all hang out for Jesus? Anybody in the room willing to take off the mask for Jesus and say, Lord, I know you see me today. You're going to really see me. God, I'm coming to you. I'm not going to hide anything from you, but I'm going to let you know every single intricate detail of the way I feel, how I look, what I'm thinking. Today, God, we're going to lay it bare. Anybody here to lay it bare? We laying it bare today. We gonna lay it bare. So she takes off the filters, no glorified frames, just the raw naked truth. It says that she presented herself before the Lord. This portrait she painted of herself before the Lord was a portrait of honesty. She was truthful before the presence of the Lord in prayer. 
if you're going to pray, you cannot lie while you praying. Trying to convince God that you're something that you're not. Trying to convince God that I got it all together. Lord, I really don't need you, but I'm coming anyway. You got to, if you're going to pray, you got to do it from a place of truth. Hannah said, listen, I'm, I'm coming before you, bear, Lord. And I'm going to let you know I'm better. I'm better, God. Yep. I'm better. Life ain't been no crystal stair, God. I'm better. It's been hard, God. I'm better. Lord, I lost my child to gun violence. I'm better. God, I lost my mother. I lost my father. I'm better. God, I lost my husband. I'm going through a divorce. I'm better. I'm laying it all. Any woman in the room willing to lay it all bare, disclose yourself before the Lord, whatever it is. And maybe it's not bitterness for you. Maybe it's depression. Lord, have mercy. Maybe it's depression. And we had it. We put a smile on our faces and we press our way and we push until we can't push anymore. And we haven't even talked to the Lord about it. Maybe it's not bitterness for you. Maybe it's depression. Maybe the weight of this world is just too heavy. Somebody say heavy. Y'all do know Christians have heavy experiences, right? Y'all do know just because we know the Lord and love the Lord don't mean that the world won't try to devour us. Y'all do heavy, heavy experiences. And maybe it's not bitter. Maybe it's not depression. Maybe, maybe it's just that your soul is just sorrowful. Maybe you're just cast down in this season. It's been hard coming out of a pandemic, trying to figure out what your life should look like now. It's been hard. Some characteristics have changed on the inside of every human being alive. Let's be honest. If you get too close to me, I might do like this because I'm like, you, you may have COVID. Everything has changed. We have changed. So maybe you're just sorrowful, cast down. But whatever it is today, you ought to lay it at the feet of the master. Today is your day. You ought not be afraid. Today is your day that you ought to lay prostrate before the Lord. Today is your day. You ought not care who is looking at you, who's around you, what they got to say, what the murmur will be later. Today is the day that you ought to lift up your hands and say, God, today I will be set free. God, today I will be delivered. God, today I will see your face. In ways I haven't seen it in a long time. Today, God. Somebody said, today, God. Today, God. It's today. Today is the day. Today is the day. Today, God. Today, God. Today is the day that you lay it all bare before the Lord. Ain't that just like the saints? After they done done you wrong. The scripture says in verse 9. It starts off by saying, and after they had eaten. Let me help you out. I just told you in verse, earlier in the text, verse 3 through 6, it painted the picture and told you that Hannah was so distraught that she couldn't even eat. And here we are in verse 9. It says, after they had eaten. I'd like to suggest to you today that Hannah is not a part of the they. I'd like to suggest to you today that the they is her husband, the other wife, and the children, her adversary. They are the ones that are eating. Ain't that just like the church or, or saints or people? They are tear you down, harm you, destroy you, and they, they don't went on about their business. 
living their lives, eating the best steak and shrimp they can find, and you off in a corner somewhere still sad about what they did to you, broken up, messed up, heartbroken over what they did. You can't even eat, you so distraught. But they done went on about their business. Somebody say, free me, Lord. Free me, Lord, not today. Today I will eat. It doesn't matter what you said about me. Today I will eat. It doesn't matter what you think about me. Today I will eat. It doesn't matter what you got to say about me. Today I will eat. Because I want to live. Because it's a matter of life and death. I want to live. Somebody say, I want to live. I want to live. I will eat today. I will eat. So the word says that. Thank you, Jesus. Hannah couldn't eat. Y'all, Hannah was distorted. Messed up. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Messed up. And Hannah is not alone. Y'all, let, let me help you out. Let me free myself right now. Y'all, I've been messed up. There have been times when I've looked in the mirror and I couldn't recognize myself because of what was done to me, because of the harm that was caused to me. I went through some turbulent times in my life. I went through turbulent times in a marriage. I went through turbulent times in family life. I've had losses. I've had hurt. I've had all kinds of malice. Can I be honest with y'all? Maybe that'll help y'all be honest. There were times where I couldn't even recognize myself. Look in the mirror and thinking, who are you? Who are you? Turmoil. Trauma will do that to you. Make you not recognize yourself. Trauma will do that to you. It's a part of life. Make you uh, uh, unknown even to yourself. You, you, the la you the first and last person you should know. You are you. You should know you. Trauma will do that to you, make you unrecognizable. Lord, have mercy. After a little research, and I saw that they had been going to the temple year after year. And the word said that they went to sacrifice. They went to sacrifice. After a little research, I learned that Worship, sacrifice, and prayer are not synonymous. Worship, sacrifice, and prayer are not synonymous. The word of God says they went to the temple to sacrifice. But the word of God does not say they went to the temple to pray. After doing a little research and I've, I've studied the rabbinic traditions and I saw that there were times where people would go to the temple and they would sacrifice, and they wouldn't even say, thank you, Lord, for the sacrifice. Meaning they would not pray. Going to the temple to sacrifice is a ritualistic tradition. It's something that was set up as a ritualistic tradition, something that they followed year after year after year, and sometimes it did not include anything personal between them and their creator. I'm here to tell you that you don't want to get yourself in a position where you so caught up in the rituals of doing what the church says you should do. You don't want to get caught up in the rituals, the man-made structures, the patriarchal structures of the church. You don't want to get so caught up in the rituals and the traditions 
that you forget the relationship. Somebody say relationship. How would I look like going to sacrifice and I haven't said thank you, God, for the sacrifice? What I look like coming up to give my offering and I don't say thank you, Lord, for the money you gave me in my pocket? What I look like giving up, getting up before God to do anything and I haven't said, Lord, thank you for what you have done for me. I saw that the word says they went to sacrifice. The word didn't say they went to pray says they went to sacrifice and I'm here to tell you I found some bad news there and the bad news is that Hannah doesn't even pray until she's on spiritual life support Lord have mercy it's diagnostic y'all Hannah's got a diagnostic prayer she don't pray y'all until she's on spiritual life support now it is a matter of life and death She's bitter, she's broken, she is downtrodden, she's cast down, she is sorrowful. There's nothing left in her, and then she goes to pray. That's the bad news. Hannah doesn't pray until she's on life support. But look at your name and say, there's still good news. There's still good news. I found some good news in it, y'all. I found some good news. And the good news is Hannah still prayed. Even though she was on spiritual life support, she still prayed. That is the good news today, people. It does not matter what's going on in your spirit. If you can press your way to pray, God will receive you unto himself. Press your way, people of God. Press your way to pray. In the text, we find Hannah honestly presenting herself before the Lord with vulnerability and transparency. Can't you see Hannah? She ain't got nothing to hide. Transparent before the Lord. Hannah discloses her bitterness, but she keeps on praying. Regardless of her brokenness, she keeps on praying. She wanted... Though she was bitter, she wanted better, so she kept on praying. Is there anybody in this prayer academy today that's going to keep on praying? Regardless of what the outcomes are, you're going to keep on praying. Regardless of the world around you, you're going to keep on praying. As a matter of fact, you're going to pray even harder because of the world around you. Somebody keep on praying. Tap your neighbor and say, keep on praying. Keep on praying. Hannah kept on praying. Any women in the room willing to lay at the feet of the Lord like Hannah? Listen, if we're going to pray the way God wants us to pray, we got to be willing to be honest with ourselves and honest before the presence of God. Then prayer will expose things. Yeah. It'll expose, it'll expose, it'll expose issues of your heart. If you come honest before God, things that you didn't even know was in your heart. If you come honest before the Lord, prayer will expose those things. You'll begin to talk and the Holy Spirit will arrest your tongue and start saying all kinds of things that you didn't even know was on the inside of you. Before the presence of the Lord. So Hannah's honest. And I believe if we're going to pray the way God wants us to, that's the first thing we need to learn from Hannah, is to paint that portrait of ourselves before the Lord. And make it honest. Make it true. Be vulnerable. God can handle it. He can handle you saying, God, I'm angry with you. 
God, I just got to let you know it's been a while since I've talked to you because I'm angry with you. If you don't expose it, he can't free you from it. You ought to expose everything to God. It's okay. He can take it. He can take it. Expose it. Hannah exposes before the Lord. Hannah knew what the issue was. Therefore, she prepared to pray. She didn't care about what she looked like. She didn't care about what was around her. She prepared to pray. And our problem most times is that we're too naive and we don't even know the issues around us. We don't watch the news. I was guilty of it, y'all, for a long time. The news just would uh, 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 turn my spirit. So I stopped watching. But if I don't know what's happening in the world, how can I pray for the world? The spirit had to convict me that I was naive to what was going on in the world. So then how can I pray for the world if I don't know the world? Somebody said, you got to know who to pray. You got to know. You got to know the issue. Before you pray, some of you sitting right next to people that you've known for so long and they got issues and you don't even know their issues. How can you pray for your neighbor if you don't know what they're wrestling with? How can you lift them up in prayer if you have no idea what they're struggling with? Some of us don't even know what our families are going through. Lord have mercy. Some of us got sick family members we ain't called, we ain't checked on, we ain't prayed for, we ain't thought about, we ain't even looked around to see where they've been. Lord, have mercy. And some of us got issues ourselves, and we naive about it. We won't go to the doctor because we're scared. We're fearful of what they'll tell us. We won't go to the psychiatrist. Our minds are racing. We got trauma. We got issues all the way back from childhood. We won't see about ourselves. Some of us won't even see about ourselves. You won't go to the pastor for prayer. You won't go to the preacher. You won't even dial into the prayer line. Lord, have mercy. Help today. The second thing I learned and realized about Hannah in this text as she testified is Hannah's ability to press in his presence to pray. Hannah pressed, y'all. Do you know how hard it is for a bitter woman to get up and do anything? Do you know how hard it is for a broken woman to get up and do anything? Do you know how hard it is for a woman in the middle of her trauma to get up and do anything? Anybody ever had some trauma and you found yourself buried in your covers in your bed, could not get out of the bed because of the trauma that you had? Do you know, do you know how hard it is? How hard it is. But Hannah pressed her way. Somebody say press. press. Hannah pressed something we can learn from Hannah. She pressed her way in his presence to pray. Look at your name and say, you got to press your way. You got to press. You won't always feel like it, but you got to press. You won't always desire it, but you got to press. There's been many a days I didn't feel like praying, but I had to press. There's been many a days where I didn't even want to get up, let alone spend time with the Lord, but I had to press. You're going to have to press your way. Lord, have mercy. You're going to have to press your way to pray. We see that from Hannah. And while she was in the Lord's presence, she submitted the product of her prayer back to God. Later in the text, we find that the Lord does answer, and Hannah does have a son, Samuel. Yes, yes, she has a son, Samuel. 
And I, I ain't going to tell you she had more children, but that, that's for a whole nother sermon. But the Lord answered that prayer and gave her a son, Samuel. And she, we find her in verse 11 before the prayer is even answered. It says that she made this vow, O Lord of hosts, if only you will look on the misery of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give you, your servant a male child, then I will set him before you as a Nazarite until the day of his death. He shall drink neither wine nor intoxicants and no razor shall touch his head. Here we see Hannah's willingness to dedicate her son back to the Lord before she even gets him. Before the prayer is even answered, Hannah starts to change. She decides she's going to submit the answered prayer back to God. Some of us, we pray and we ask God for things and after we get it, we don't even say thank you. Some of us, we pray and we ask God to bless and enlarge our territories. We get that new job and we think we did it because we finally got the degree. Some of us, we don't even say thank you after our pockets get full. We've asked God to increase. We've asked God to heal. And some of us won't even come back around and say thank you, God. And some of us, when we do finally come back around and say thank you, it's been so long, I'm wondering if the Lord even still knows your name. Some of us won't even turn around and say thank you. But we see Hannah, she's grateful before it even happens. Hannah gave the product of her prayer right back to God. And Hannah was bold. And all she cared about in the moment was her encounter with God. Anybody willing to go before the presence of God and cancel out everything else around you? Anybody willing to raise their hands in the presence of the Lord regardless of who's around you? Anybody willing to open up your mouth and begin to speak utterance unto your Savior right now in the name of Jesus? Anybody willing to open up right now and allow the true and living God to just fall fresh and that you begin to speak utterances to your Lord and Savior? Is anybody willing? Anybody willing? Anybody willing to follow the example of Hannah? We see Hannah. We see her and the Lord sees her as well. Hannah was bold, and all she cared about was that encounter with God. Verse 12 tells us that as she continued praying, somebody say continued. She didn't stop. Before the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying silently. Only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she was drunk. First thing I realized after reading that verse is that Hannah didn't care who saw her. Hannah didn't care who was around. The word says she continued to pray. Her lips were moving. She didn't care who saw. She didn't care who was around. She just didn't care, y'all. All she cared about was the presence of God. I'm believing right now that there are women in this room who have come into this space today with some heaviness, with some circumstances, some situations, you're carrying some weight, whether it's yours, your family members, whomever it belongs to, you're carrying it and it's weighing you down and you need to press in his presence and regardless of who's around, you need to sit before the master and you need to lay it all bare, lay it all bare. We see this in Hannah. 
The third and final thing I've recognized about Hannah as I prepare to close, hallelujah. As Hannah stays before the Lord, she's painted this truest portrait of her presence in prayer. She's pressed her way into his presence. And now we see, as Hannah testifies before us today, that the peace in her posture after prayer has shifted. Somebody say her posture shifted. There's peace in her posture now after she has prayed. Verse 18 says, and she said, let your servant find favor in your sight. Then the woman went up her way and ate and drank with her husband, and her countenance was sad no longer. Y'all, her posture changed. Hannah knew she couldn't live like this anymore, so her posture began to change. Hannah knew that she couldn't remain in this brokenness any longer, so her posture began to change. Hannah knew that if I could just get one touch of the master, that I could be made whole, so her posture began to change. Hannah knew if I could press in his presence, that he would press my presence, and he would free me of what's held in me down. Hannah realized that she could get in his presence and her posture would change. Say posture change. Posture change. Baby girl can eat now. <laughs> she can eat now. Baby, Hannah got a full appetite now. She wants steak, lobster, all of it. She can eat now. Hannah is free now. Somebody say free. Hannah free now because of the presence of the Lord. Hannah pressed her way to freedom. Mark eleven twenty four reminds us, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you receive it and it shall be yours. Any woman in the room willing to believe it and receive it today, if you're going to pray and not believe, you might as well not even pray because you're wasting your time. Anybody willing to believe in the promises of God that they are yes and amen. Anybody willing to believe that God will do exceedingly and abundantly above all I can ask or think. Anybody willing to believe that God will restore my household? Anybody willing to believe that God will heal my body? Anybody willing to believe that God will save my children? God will rescue us out of the, the, the pits of hell. He will restore. Anybody willing to believe? Anybody willing to believe? Let me tell you a story about a woman who arrived at the prayer academy. She came ready on assignment with power and authority. She looked like sunshine on a cloudy day. She looked like answers. She knew the way. She had grace in her lips, joy in her hips. Her wisdom was unmatched. And though she had authority, she was taken for granted. She wasn't a priority. She had all the answers, but no one would give her the praise. Devalued, insignificant. They wouldn't even look her way. Not a glare, not a stare. She was equipped and prepared to defeat despair. Was her name, you might ask? Her name is prayer. Anybody here to deliver prayer right now out of the bowels of the enemy? 
Anybody willing to rescue prayer right now from the snares of the enemy? Anybody willing to go back and grab prayer? Anybody willing to take prayer back? Anybody willing to let prayer be your guiding force? Anybody willing to press your way and rescue prayer? Prayer's been devalued for too long, but all I know is prayer is the only way. You looking to be healed, set free, and delivered. Can't nobody do it but prayer. Prayer to Jesus. The Lord is the only one who can save your soul. The Lord is the only one who can heal your body. Doctors can't do it. Not alone. They need the Lord to embody them. Anybody willing to pray? Anybody willing to let this prayer academy transform you today? Anybody willing to go in tomorrow with the mindset that I will pray differently as I move forward in my life? Anybody willing to say no more diagnostic prayer, but I'm on this whole preventative care prayer. Hallelujah. Anybody willing to pray to the true and living God? No matter the circumstances, no matter the hour, no matter the time. Is somebody going to pray or can't you? Pastor? Anybody willing to press their way and pray? Ladies, gentlemen, would you stand and help me thank God for our preacher? Come on, help me thank God for Reverend Melissa Champs. She poured out of her soul today. While she was preaching, the Spirit led me to call those sisters, those Hannahs in the room that need to come to the altar. Would you join me, Dr. Deanna James? Would you join us? All those sisters in the room that might, you might have carried something in here. And maybe you're just on the preventative care prayer program. And you're saying, Lord, nothing's wrong. I just want to spend some time in your presence. We're not going to take long to do this, but I want to invite all the sisters in the room that need to be at this altar. Come on down. Don't be nervous. Don't, don't be embarrassed. You're welcome to come and bring a sister with you. You never know. God is able to move today. Did you hear the preacher? God is able to change some things today. God is able to work some things out today. And so even if your heart is heavy and you have been taunted and you've lost your faith, I want you to look at that sister beside you. Even if you didn't come to the altar, find a sister around you, look them right in the eye and say, keep on praying. God may not move when you want him, but God is always on time. Dr. Deanna James, I want you to lift us, these sisters. Eternal God, our Heavenly Father, we just come before you, Lord, after listening to your word, as it has been laid out for us that prayer is the answer that prayer is our, our lifeline unto you. So God, we come knowing that you are our burden bearer, that you can lift heavy weights, God. We come knowing, God, that you are our healer. We come also, God, knowing that you are Jehovah Jireh, our provider. God, we come to, to recognize that you are Jehovah Shammah, the God who is there. Wherever we are, God, there are you. You are there. Whatever is, issue we have in life, God, you know all about it. And you said that you would never leave us nor forsake. 
whatever issue she has, you have the answer. We lift up every woman, Lord God, for the pain that she has. We know that you are the healer. God, we lift up every woman around this altar who does not know what she's going to do next. God, we know that you are a way maker. God, we lift up every woman around this altar who is sleepless nights. We know that you can shut eyes and give rest in the time of turmoil. And so God has your way in every situation that stands around this altar. Bless, heal, and deliver for your glory, for the edification of your people, and the building of your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hug somebody and tell them God's going to do it before the year is out. That's in the Bible. God's going to do it. Come on, hug somebody and let them know God's going to do it for you before the year is out. Come on, brothers. Find a brother and tell them God's going to do it for you before the year is out. Healing is possible. Breakthroughs are possible. Comebacks are possible. Strength is possible. A new day is possible. Another chance is possible. I can get back up again. Bless you. church are open and if there be one if there be one if there be one that needs to come today as we all stand together as we all stand together Lord have mercy what a word speak to my heart Holy Spirit give me the word I can bring new life words on the wings of the morning If I can hear 
of the Lord is in this house. Deliverance is taking place. Somebody's about to have a better week. November's about to be a better month. And listen now, you know life and death lies in the power of your tongue. My year will not end like it started. Now, 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 can I, can, since half of y'all sleep, at least are the sisters awake. This weekend is a defining moment that my life can look a whole lot different moving forward. Y'all help me thank God for Reverend Melissa Champs. God bless you, preacher. Thank you for reminding us the right posture, the right focus in prayer, even when life is heavy. And I thank God for your preaching because somebody has come to Christ and come to the church and we welcome our three new family members again. I welcome you, we love you, we bless you, and we look forward to journeying with you. If you would walk with our First Touch ministry right here, they're gonna get some information to you and from your fellowship, get real, real loud. And help me thank God for our new members. Hey, wait a minute now, I feel, I, I feel some chains breaking up in here. We, we got to go. But I need you to speak that to somebody around you and tell them this is a good day. I said you got to speak it to somebody around you, not look forward. Look at somebody around you and say, this is a good day for a new season. Tell them this is a good day for a fresh start. Now tell them one more thing. Tell them I got one more thing. It's a good day for God to answer something you've been waiting on. And it will happen. And he will heal. And he will work. And he will send the answer. And he will send the relief. And he will send his glory. And he will dry tears. And he will pick you up again. And he will restore your joy. It ain't a might. It shall happen. Let me, let me, let me. This ain't my day. you've made it to a season where God's gonna make folk pour back into you you will not leave empty depleted feeling like everybody else has used you and if the people won't pour back into you the Holy Ghost will and you shall be stronger and you shall continue and you shall accomplish everything that God assigned for you to accomplish and you're not gonna drive on E. You're gonna drive with a full tank. You're gonna have all the strength you need to get it done. Y'all ready to go home? Yeah. Now listen, there's some demons up in here. 
is some churchy pharisaic demons up in here who are so ritualistic the only thing you can think about is when are you about to release us you release right now go eat your brunch right now but if the holy ghost said i got more work to do let the holy ghost do what the holy ghost got to do go eat your pancakes go get your mimosa and bacon but the spirit of the lord said healing is about to happen the spirit of the lord said not another day living in that weight not another day facing that depression Some stuff that was lost need to get lost Cause the replacement Is gonna be so off the chain I'ma forget what I had when I started It's gonna be such a new blessing Such a new blessing 
give you 15 seconds to tap in and put a praise on what shall come to pass. Come on, he's going to do it.
yourself, say, hold on. Touch yourself, say, hold on. Don't give up yet. Don't quit too soon. God's got a sudden blessing. Suddenly. Immediately. Straight forward. Right now. Today. The Lord is blessing me. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Y'all don't need nothing. I can tell it. I can tell a church that don't need nothing. All your needs are met and everything is good. But just holler at me if you need God to do something today, 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 today. We're grateful. Something just broke off of somebody in this room. I'm not talking about no two-day trouble. I'm talking about some stuff that's been on you for years. God said it's broken off of you. Now live in your freedom. Live in your confidence. Live in your stability. You earned this peace. You paid for this peace.
I say thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Lord I'm not all the way out right now but I'm going to declare it over my life this is I'm not going to stay where I've been on this time I'm walking into a new day thank you Lord Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God is good. I pray your whole life keeps on proving that God is really good. I'm preaching at 6 p.m. at some church. You know, Pastor DeAndre Patterson has 15 churches. But I'll be at Destiny Worship Center at 6 p.m. Please come out. Don't send me over there by myself. Let's worship with him and his church together. Amen. We're supporting Lady Bree and the women tomorrow starting at 9 a.m. I'm so blessed already. This ain't even the men's weekend. I'm sitting up here crying. 
go in peace. Hug somebody and tell them this is your exodus. Have a great week. I love you all. Have a great week. I love you all. Thank you. Have a great week. I love you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Deltas that worship with us today. Thank you, C Mac. And all deltas that worship with us today. Thank you. We see you. We love you. God bless you. Oh. 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 As you go home. This is my exodus. This is my exodus. This is my exodus. I'm never the same. you go home, may you have a peaceful week. Thank you, Lord. Every day of my life, this is my exodus. This is my exodus. I'm not crying those tears anymore. Yes, thank you, Lord. Not the same tears, maybe new tears. Not the same tears. through the Red Sea, passing on dry land, I'm not afraid, thank you Lord, thank you Hey family, I pray you've been blessed by this message that God gave me. I hope you stay connected to Fellowship Chicago through YouTube, Facebook, or our website. Go to fellowshipchicago.com today and make sure that you stay updated on all of the great things that are happening on the ship. Until we meet again, may you be blessed by the power, the peace, and the provisions of God. Peace, peace.